This is Cinemarchitects, where four future architects sit down to plot, draft, design, and make an awesome movie plot. Season it, salt it, eat it, and then not pay the dinner check and just run. Dine and Dash Dine this week on Cinema Architects. <laughs> Are we recording? At 7, or? 8 central. Oh my god, we're recording. Welcome to Cinema Architects, everybody. I'm Robbie. I'm Josh. Uh, 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 oh, there's supposed to be somebody Nate, else you're here. you're always last. There's supposed to be someone you else here, though. can't fuck this up. <laughs> I'm Nate. I'm Nate. <laughs> but there's supposed to be another person in front of me. Yes, you'll notice that mm. today. Mm. Oh, there he is. is. gone. Guys, he's tied up in the corner. Yes, that's Austin. Mm-hmm. And we've gagged him today mm. in an effort to change up our branding and that's get right. a little sexier. That's right. Cut the fat and trim this podcast, and it's going to look real nice come swimsuit season <laughs> next year. Because summer's ending. Because now the leaves are turning different colors. It is a little brisk out. It is. It really is. It feels really nice. We've got the really beginnings of a, of a melancholy fall song there. We just have to make it rhyme. All, yeah. the, all the core poetic tenets are there. Oh, I, I can make it rhyme because I found a rhyme. That's beside the point. Anyway, um, <laughs> are you guys ready to hear a story? Are you ready to gather around and hear what I wrote in my probably 9 p.m. at night fever dream of you know, trying to make a script. What are you doing up at 9, 9 p.m.? 9 p.m. <laughs> go, go to bed. That is late for us working class slobs. My goodness. Anyways. Nate, take us once again, carry us on our on your back and bring us through this <laughs> oh podcast. Oh my gosh. Alrighty. So I, I wrote out a thing for this one, but unlike the previous time I wrote something, I didn't actually finish it. So the best that we're going to get today, actually, I didn't even finish the last one. So let's just say that Nate doesn't finish anything. But today we're just going to get kind of an introductionary paragraph, something to kind of season where we're going to be, give you a little flavor of what's to come, but I'll have to fill in the blanks. And sadly, there'll be no little read along with all of us. Damn it. But um, let's just read it real quick here. 7 a.m., the sound of a door unlatching echoes through a hall. Somewhere nearby, a light hums into action and the hallway is illuminated in its pale orange complexion. Two figures in military fatigues walk in systematic repetition through the door and down a hall. The concrete personifies harsh beating of the rhythmic footsteps. Here in facility 3A-16, the fate of an entire history shall be examined and given an ultimate judgment. Does the Bible have any real merit outside of its religion? More pointedly, should it be allowed to exist? The two grim figures complete their stride and begin the sequence to unlock the large vault door at the end of the corridor. Various safety measures and protocols have been put into place that require the presence of both these men. Finally, the door ferociously hisses open, and the soldiers are given view to this large chamber found at the end of the hall. A small boy lays dormant on a wooden bunk. Beside him, a small nightstand and a lamp. The room is fitted with skylight portholes and a tiled flooring. At each corner of the room, a camera remains fixated on this child. And so the idea is the gist of this. And I actually got it from talking with somebody else. So that's not 100% my idea. I can't take 100% credit. Oh, that's good. Every time I talk to other people about this podcast, they give me dog shit ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what if a dog took a dump and you filmed it and that's the movie? We call it dog shit. We call it dog shit ideas. (laughs) Created PG-13, starring Kevin James and... Kevin James would be in that, actually. <laughs> yep. He would not. He'd be like, you know, I could make another trip to Mall of America and spend way too much money getting Cold Stone Creamery ice cream. Mm. So let's make that movie. By the way, if you do want to talk to this, talk to me about this podcast, don't let that comment deter you. You can be the first one to not give me a dog shit no, idea. If, if you talk to Robbie, he'll judge you super harshly. I will, and, and I will air it. it. I will air that dirty laundry <laughs> on mic, and you will hear about oh, it man. come next Wednesday. <laughs> But, but the gist, though, of this idea is fo- the following, that it's sometime in the near and distant future, and things have led politically to where they've led, to where society as a whole is about to now decide whether or not the Bible should officially no longer exist. 
be outlawed. Is the idea of religion too controversial for society? Wars were fought over religion. People die for religion every day. But the only person that is going to make this final call is a child. A child who has never read the Bible before. It's their blind test subject rat. And these two men are only there to facilitate this child. They cannot technically influence him any way. But I thought thematically it'd be interesting if we had one character that was more religious and one more atheistic. Therefore, you have kind of a dichotomy of characters, maybe harken back to Cain and Abel somehow Mm. and present this whole thing of this child growing in innocence, but yet at the same time being influenced by the Bible and maybe influenced by the absence of the Bible, going up somewhere else and like, really meditating, looking at trees and nature and just examining the worldview around him and saying, is there something else? blah blah and I didn't mean to be super controversial. I realize this could be a very controversial topic. This sure is can. purely a fictitious movie, and I would have to probably put a claim out there that says any views or opinions expressed in this podcast do not reflect blah blah of what's right, what's wrong. They don't reflect the people speaking about That's their right. views. That's <laughs> right. That's right. We're here to make believe. But... Uh, yeah. Like the big man up in the skies make believe. Oh my god. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, I'm going to leave Still now. Catholic. <laughs> Still Catholic. So, yeah, that was the idea. And if you two would like to elaborate upon it, please. I, immediately when you told the Bible bit, and then you elaborated more on it, and it sounded less and less like this, but have you seen the book of Eli? Yes, I have. That's kind of what I thought at first. Yeah. The last guy who has any knowledge of the Bible, right. carrying it around, and then big twist. He's and but but it's it's it very very lightly sounds like that. But you've taken the whole last Bible idea and, and done something really cool with it with the with the fact that it's being interpreted by a child, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And I'm wondering how the film structures itself around this idea. If we have one kid in a bunker and two dudes in intervening, how much does a setting jump around via like cut twos or something gotcha. like that? Or is it kind of, it's been a long time, or is it kind of like a saw or something where it's like very <laughs> much <laughs> where they Hello, kill this Billy. kid. Where, I want you to read a book. <laughs> where it's more or less con- contained within the one room. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And then they saw off the kid's leg and it's fun. Um, anyways, that's my thoughts. It's mostly yeah. questions, but those are my thoughts. I've got a few questions as well. Uh, yes. Why, why a kid? Okay. Why a kid? Uh, how old is the kid? Okay. Does I mean is this kid a pure subject? I mean, does he know anything about the way I pictured it? Is this kid would have been chosen randomly among a bunch of finalist families, family units, and taken away from the family unit at a specific age? And kind of put in this weird, quote-unquote, government program for the sole purpose of this impartial test, if you will. And I figured by the time that this kid is allowed to actually participate, he would probably be around age, I don't know, 12, 13... That sounds about right. I mean, just becoming a teenager, but definitely mature enough not to, you know, like pick his nose and make paper airplanes out of pages in the Bible, because that would be, you know, heresy for those for those of you who respect the the, the Bible. Uh, Don't put degree. buggers in your Bibles, kids. That's right. That's right. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting because isn't that what everyone always argues is the kid is the ideal, the poster child, if you will, no pun intended, of innocence. Right. Of Truly non-corrupt, no bias, pure and fair, to a degree, obviously. But if you were kind of bred for this specific program, and by bred, I mean you're Ooh. just kind of taken away from some of these societal things. You're oh, not I thought influenced. we were going fucking Dune, fucking Paul Atreides with his shit, just bred and born to do this <laughs> role, and also he can see the future. <laughs> Jeez, no, I wasn't going quite that nice. No, that's, that's an exaggeration. But the idea... Not that, in the world of Dune, though. That's right. Continue. That's <laughs> right. The idea of it was blank slate. Kid is the blank slate. Let's have this kid look at this Bible. Let's have this kid tell us what he thinks. We'll record it. And if we think the kid deems this book to be frivolous or unnecessary or completely illogical to any state of being, 
we will dismantle the institution of it, we will get rid of it, and it will no longer exist within society. It's gone. Okay. Um, this makes me think it might be, maybe this is just a little bit too much of my own personal bias coming up, but I think in today's much more secular society than it was, say, even 50 years ago, mm-hmm. it will be very easy to write the kid into like, just like right away in the film, right away, have him just be like, yeah, this is totally unnecessary. Like people can be good without Mm -hmm. adhering to this book. And so we would need something convincing enough on the other side of it to, to where it's like, and, and to where it would communicate with a general audience today too. They're like, no, there's some merits to it and goodness to it. Um, that's just what I think about it. Cause it's, it's, it's very easy in this age of the internet and, and information dissemination and everything to be like, yeah, look at this. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just a matter of presenting the sides in a way in the, the two sides in a way that makes it cinematically engaging. Really? I mean, that's, that's the crux of it. Sure. Sure. No. I, and I agree. I totally agree. I would, I would picture there are multiple areas of this facility. It's not just going to be Cloverfield without John Goodman, you know, in a bunker. Mm. Um, I, I pictured there being probably some, I mean, Obviously, as a bunker and the way it's kind of described with concrete walls, parts of it are probably going to be underground, secluded away from any distraction, anything that could possibly influence this child. But I think there would also have to be some... I'd like a bubble. There's some, like some terrace mm. ground level things, like yeah. maybe a garden of some sort. In a bubble. In a, sure, in a bubble. I mean, it would, <laughs> it would obviously be highly protected because yeah. this would be hotly contested and like you'd probably keep cutting back to news snippets and people yelling and screaming and protesting and blah, 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 blah. And... Everyone would like to break in there, influence this kid, maybe even assassinate. Like, who knows how nuts society has gotten at this point? Because no one can agree on this issue. You have very extreme views on one side. You have very extreme views on the other side, which I would argue is pretty easy to see in this day and age. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it would be interesting to just kind of maybe not provide an answer by the end of it. I don't know if that's the point of this movie. I don't No, I think that would be a little presumptuous. It, it doesn't us. need to be a God's Not Dead sequel or whatever, and it doesn't need to say you're right for believing this or you're wrong for believing that. I just thought it would be interesting to examine how people view this Bible differently and how that might influence who they are as a person differently. More of a character piece in that regard. Do you have anybody in mind as like I suppose you have the one soldier and the other soldier who do the like two opposing sides. Do you have any other characters in mind that would have like stronger viewpoints than them? Like maybe there's, I don't know, like uh, within this bunker, there are soldiers and there's a commander and I, I don't know, maybe the chef or something at there mm-hmm. like is like actually like really pretty religious and is like, ah, oh, look, you know, every time you go to the terrarium and don't you see God's glory and the grass and the mm-hmm. birds outside mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I guess when I pictured it, I pictured basically just these three people coexisting together because I thought that would, that would cause a lot more tension if it's literally three people. Okay. That's maybe, yeah. That's Cause eventually you'd be like, please get me away from this guy, regardless of what's coming out of his, you know, his mouth, whether good or bad. Like, I just can't listen to your voice one more second, you know? And I don't know if that causes things to go completely nuts. I don't, I mean, like. The Cain Abel angle, I don't know if one of the guards ends up killing the other guards at the end. You know, whether, That would be good to drive home that metaphor, though. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I thought it was interesting. I, I felt like there's a lot of really cool parallels you can draw with, with the idea of the Trinity, the three people, mm. in mm. a sense. I mean, obviously, don't need to nail the, the freaking nail on the head, but... To the cross, zing. Zing. Um, yeah, so... That was the idea. You probably have a lot of cutbacks of these two guys eventually reporting to their superior. You might have other cutaways where we have tangential characters like a Supreme Court type body, you know, debating and deliberating like, oh, why is it in the hands of this boy and blah, 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 which not only expresses a little bit of our exposition, but also expresses a little bit of the ideas and values of this society and what's going on. So those were the ideas I played with, with that could we assume that this the military and the mili- the society that the military is a part of is some sort of extra american not quite not the same society that we have now like it's sort of i don't know like 
past the America we have kind yeah. of Handmaid's Tale, yeah. where it's like this is a government that is not the United States of America. I anymore. think I think that's the smart way you play it. You, you don't make it America. You make it kind of close, but a few things might be a little more exaggerated or missing from our current political and democratic stature, so to speak. But it doesn't need to be a you know shame on America for letting this. You know, I don't want it to be focused on that. It's going to be really hard to get away from that in the first place because this is a obviously a hot topic issue, but I think that's one less thing you need to throw into the melting pot of this. Hmm. So what is, what is the actual question we're asking this boy to answer? Do we need this book? What do you think we should do with this this book? book? Should we throw this book away forever? You never have to see it again and no one else has to see this book again. Or do you think this book is worth keeping? And then, with that question, I think the, the guards are, would be instructed to slowly allow him to view the internet and slowly allow him to view very selected news stories regarding potential, you know, cons of this book. Because otherwise, you'd be like, well, it's a book. Like, we don't need to get rid of it. It's just, even if you don't agree with it, you don't need to get rid of it right. kind of thing. Well, so you, yeah. Do we, has this world done this with other books? Probably. I would imagine other religious books maybe are already gone or on the verge of extinction. I would imagine that some of the more controversial books are also just gone. Hmm. Like maybe Mein Kampf can no longer be circulated or read by anyone. Anarchist Cookbook has been burned. That's gone. I mean, maybe there's a few other ones. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like Harry Potter. Yeah, yes. sorry, J.K., but it's it's wreaked its havoc long enough. First and with the witches and the magic, and then the Dumbledore's gay. Ugh. I won't have this witchcraft on this earth, darn it. <laughs> Gotta get rid of it. I mean, and that's another interesting thing, is I'd imagine in the future, with the way things are even right now, I'd bet the amount of people who actually read books probably dwindles to fewer and fewer anyways, but it's more so the idea of what this book represents. Hmm. It's a little Fahrenheit 451 now. That was that was the idea. It was a little bit Ray Bradbury-ish. Didn't want to quite go and say that, but... You, you no, fi- I've done it now. You figured it I out, stepped, Robert. I stepped in it. Shoot. Would have gotten away with the tube. wasn't for <laughs> your meddling kids and your, your dumb microphones. But so, what are his criteria? Is, criteria? is this... You, you can only convict this book to be destroyed... If there is uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt that it... Ooh, like a or, unanimous thought. Because it's pretty easy to make plenty of justifications for it. Just of course. Just on the history aspect alone. Of course. I mean, it's, there's plenty of reasons to keep it. Mm-hmm. Maybe... Controversy. Something being controversial, I guess. I don't know if that's a reason to destroy. I sure. think that it, it might be good to have the criteria there, but in a way that's not quite so, like... I don't know, court of law ish, where more like, of a subjective what, criteria. Where you know what, what what you're sorry, what you're suggesting, I think, is to um to have him like prove his case in front of these people. No, I'm just asking what 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 does he have to? How is he? How does he decide this? this? Yeah, and that's a good question. Yeah. I, I didn't think about it a ton. If there's any use, does that make it a useful book that should be kept? I would argue that most of what this kid needs to report is going to be qualitative. And a little bit subjective, although I would imagine a few pieces of this kid's final findings have to also be objective. But I would argue a big chunk of it's going to be subjective. Because like you said, just because the book's controversial, should be gotten rid of. All right. What if it was boiled down to like the very simplest thing? Like when you make your decision, there are two buttons in your room, right? Oh and once God. you push the button, that's your decision and you're done. It's over. It's locked in. You sure. can't undo it. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking, like, where, where I was going, where I was like, uh, do you have to say to these people and go up and deliberate with them, or do you just mm-hmm. push the button and you're done with it? What if he actually has to go into a room, and in this room where he reads it, every day, in the other corner, there's a giant wood shredder. And at any point in time, he can just he throw can just the book into that wood shredder, and it's gone. So <laughs> he has the, the last, last copy? Bible. Hmm. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe they just put that in there more of a symbolic measure of, like, you can get rid of it if anytime you, if something here dis, displeases you or upsets you or blah, blah, blah. And Steve Buscemi. So he can destroy the entire book because something displeases him. Yes. He can wipe it off. And I think that's where you draw some of the comparisons to these old guys in Supreme Court like rooms of, like, do you have any idea what this kid 
is holding and how easy it is for him to just toss it. Unchecked power completely on one person's viewpoint. This makes no sense. And you guys are all crazy for it. You know, and then whoever's above them is like, yes, but we need an unbiased, untouched viewpoint. We're going to introduce him to these ideas slowly. And we're going to tell him the issues that this book has caused. We're going to give him empirical data, very little, but enough. And after that, it's all on him. I think to clarify, the, the central question the film is asking the audience I th- is, is, is that religion has caused a lot of wars and problems. Do we need it? Is that, is that kind of the central premise? Or? I mean, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to say that, yeah, should we get rid of, I don't know if this is about getting rid of religion, because maybe people are still spiritual and they still kind of, it's a weird agnostic thing where there is a creator Time had to start somehow. I mean, we believe there's a Big Bang, but we believe something had to cause the Big Bang. How can something come from nothing, philosophically speaking? Mm-hmm. You know, all of reality. So space this kid and would time. have those questions. Probably. Probably. And he's, he's nearing his threshold where he, he will start to lose his innocence, right? Probably. Because it, if he gets too old, then he will be too shaped by the world he's lived in and everything. And exactly. And I, I think I think part of the viewpoint of this kid as he begins it is, oh, this, is, this has historical context. And this is a very nice kind of good document for marking, you know, where we've come as a society through this, you know, contact with our creator. And as he gets further and further along and finds, which there are in the Bible, a lot of strange inaccuracies, you know, he comes to think, is this all supposed to be metaphorical? What does it mean? You know, like kind of a changing viewpoint. Because there are people who out there who do take the Bible as literal text. Seven days. Earth was created in seven days. One man, one woman. And there are some people who view Genesis as very poetic of, well, each day represents a thousand years. And, you know, Adam and Eve, it's just it's a story to explain creation to us because it's the great mystery and it can't truly be explained, yada, yada, yada. I mean... You, you struggle with these viewpoints because they both can't coexist at the same exact time, although it seems to be that there's elements of each in there. And then not to mention the Bible would contain other stories and books like the Psalms that are not stories. It's like weird just poems in the middle. And he's like, well, what is, why are these in here? What, is, what does this have to do with anything? Mm. You know. And I think those are the, the qualms that he goes about looking at it with. Um, I think it'd be good to, in a, a way to structure this would just be, be to kind of go from viewpoint to viewpoint as he's going through, like at first he's like, maybe it's not at first, but at some point he's like, Oh, so this is, this is kind of like a history textbook. This shows what mankind went through with when mm-hmm. communing with his God figure, you know, X number of years ago. And then at some point he realized, no way, this, this shouldn't be viewed as a history book. And I don't think it was written to be like a history book. It mm-hmm. was, it's uh Maybe it's supposed to be like a, a guide for how people act. And, you know, he goes through that and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, do you divide it up into the movie up into kind of like five slices and, and the people that he's talking with influence it one way or the other, yeah. as well as what he's reading. So I think that could be a good way to do it. Yeah. And then especially when he has that question, well, I think it's a guide for how people act. And then they start to show him some of these videos of these awful atrocities that have mm. been done in the name of religion, you know the extremes that people will take these viewpoints all because this book influences them to do so mm-hmm. even at a, subcon- a subconscious level. And I think he, I think we have to give this kid a, a timetable. I think the moment this, this test begins, he has about a month or two, maybe three months to decide whether or not to keep this because after that it'll be either a too much information to properly weigh or b he will slowly start to be, corrupted by one or the other kind of thing. But that was there. And maybe there's also a period where they take it away. They're like, okay, we're going to get rid of it now. And we're going to let you reflect upon it without being able to read it for a good week or two. That would be a good way to disrupt the, the cinematic formula of it. I think the mm-hmm. one that I just kind of talked about with the, you know, viewpoint to viewpoint and then eh, yeah. oh, and it's gone. What do you do now? Yeah. It's like, Whoa, movie turning point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rad. So, you know, and he probably has other books in there too. And maybe in the beginning, they're like, it begins, but you also don't have to begin reading it now because there'd be another interesting thing is, do you have any interest in this book? Hmm. Like here's, here's Tom Sawyer. Here's the Bible. What's the kid going to pick? Probably Tom Sawyer. 
or Treasure Wait, Island. There's a lot of N-word in this book. I don't think I want to read this oh one. Oh my gosh, we should have burned <laughs> this one. This is awful. <laughs> it's all about painting fences and funerals. This is stupid. And I wonder, What's that Bible? <laughs> I wonder if these guards are the whole time kind of literally playing the angel and the devil on the shoulder of this kid, trying to influence their case a little bit to make him sway an opinion one way or the other. And which one's the angel and which one's the devil? Well, it depends on where you stand on the issue. And that's what I thought would be interesting. I mean, maybe the religious guy thinks he's doing the right thing, but is just a little misguided. And maybe he takes things too far when they're down in the bunker and causes some high tension. I don't know. Mm. What do you think, Josh? I don't know. I'm just really struggling. It's just... Um, it's, it's, it's really just kind of... It's amorphous. It's a very amorphous idea. I'll give you that. I didn't have enough time to flesh out the, the criteria, as you say, which I would agree. There's a lot of gray. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. You know, the whole idea of this is based on some big extreme viewpoints, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's certainly true. Um, I don't know. I just, it just seems like a... I'm, I'm just trying to root it in some reality and i'm struggling a little bit sure because i just can't imagine i mean you can't just get rid of something right and so that in itself is very difficult true especially with but not impossible to imagine i guess but it's Uh, just how how do you purge the world of all of these books and the ideas that people have taken from them Mm -hmm. is that kind of your yeah well yeah and how do you have a i mean a 13 year old's not innocent that's just not anywhere close to reality. I mean, well, what if ch- it's, children are kind right, of so innocent. Six. I mean, what if we put <laughs> all this, we leave all the symbolism, the wood chippers there, but like it doesn't get rid of the Bible. Obviously, it's a beginning of a ban. It's a fish officially outlawed ban, but obviously the book is still going to exist. People are people committed to memory, some sections mm-hmm, or whatever, and like you might be able to find bits and pieces of it on forums or torrents in the dark webs or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, but I mean, the idea of this is the beginning and the next 50 years, we're going to work to get rid of all vestiges of this book. That's probably a more realistic I mean, yeah. way of approaching it. It's a little bit more Twilight Zone. We live in a police state because mankind is inherently evil, but I mean, I would argue it's a little bit more understandable in that context sure i guess i mean that's that's not even the part that was really hanging me up so much i sure i mean the idea of getting rid of something well what's the part that's hanging you up uh, just this kid in a bunker with two people who are talking to him i <laughs> well, just what think that what do you think would make more sense um, more people in the bunker i mean it'd be a lot of decision makers i think okay i mean it'd be dozens probably of decision probably makers. no I, I agree and i don't think you are talking i don't think there are two guards trying to sway them one way or the other i think you probably have it's just really weird because i mean it's just a really weird thing but you would probably have access to scholars if you're oh, one of definitely. the decision makers you can probably ask questions to any scholar you want like any type of scholar but it's yeah, that's tough too because so then what if who, who how does the kid know who to ask I mean, they don't need to know the name, but, like... What if then we we, we twist it a little bit? The two guards are there to protect the child, kind of like Secret Service agents. And there's probably more than just two, but we'll show Uh two prominently. Um, And these other guys, the scholars, are all down there. And the guards are put in place to make sure that one scholar does not over... The, The guards are there to kind of keep order in a sense of, okay, you've had your five minutes... I'm the mediator of this discussion. That guy now gets five minutes. And if you have any other problems with that, I can escort you out of this facility by force, or you can go on your own free volition. Would that make it a little more palpable in far, as far as the realm of belief? I mean, yeah, maybe a little. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine kind of keeping control on who says what and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be as easy as just a mute button. They're just not even in the same room. Maybe there's a... It's just a, it's like a teleconference. Yep. Kind of a teleconference. I don't know. And it's just, this is a tough one. Okay. It's just a really, that's fair. It's a weird one to get my head into. It's a, it's a, it's a different idea. I wasn't entirely sure how to go about it myself, but yeah. So that's interesting then. Yeah. If you have a bunch of scholars and in a way the guards are there to protect the kid's opinion. So in a way they're also part of the decision makers. 
So maybe they're less of guards and more guardians. That's kind of symbolic. And weird surrogate parents, because he's obviously been taken from his actual family unit. Mm -hmm. And I think it still makes sense to have the two quote-unquote guard guardians or whatever um parental figures in a sense yeah and then and also you know it it prevents one person from being like well this person should get five minutes but i'm gonna give seven to the you know religious scholar and and three to this uh atheist dude or something yeah yeah. what i mean exactly though well i think there's a that's a difficult thing to say because I, i don't think atheists and religious scholars are exclusive, and I don't think they're necessarily on one side or the other. Oh, sure. Considering how many atheist biblical scholars there are. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I would not vote to get rid of it. Well, no. Myself. And, and that's that's the interesting part, is we can have it's a just, whole yeah, how do you, cavalcade this of isn't, scholars. I mean, this isn't Fox shades. News, with all offense intended to Fox News. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> nice. Very and much. really, I mean, just media in general, there are not two sides. There are not even sides. There are not... Sides that are easily divided to shades of gray. I mean, it's all gray. Yeah. So it's, it's like, why would you tell one person to stop and then tell another person to start? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I mean, just it, such it, a big thing. It's true, it's but so huge. it's true. But so much of the way that people think is in dualities, right? It's, it's sure. Sure. It's, it's it's one and the other. Like it's yeah, you know true. it's black and white, but then they're supposed to be gray. But the fact is that people the, divide it in two. Yeah, and that's at the end of the it day, is. it's either legal or illegal. We can't just make it illegal on Sundays. We can't just do this. It's it's one or the other. It's an absolute. We agree. It's extreme, but we've come to the point where we think this needs to be done in light of data. Right. Yeah. I guess I I don't know. My point is that. I don't, I don't know that any piece of information can be affirmative or negative. True. True. No, I, I know what you're saying where it's like, well, I don't believe personally, but I would also think it's been around this long, so we might as well keep it and blah de blah And there are still sure. some good aspects of it, whether or not you take it as a literal document. You know, and you can have lots of viewpoints like that. And then, like Robbie was saying, you can then have... One of the guardians who's a mediator at the end of the day be like, look, man, like I get where you're coming from. That's a very reasonable idea. You realize the condition we find ourselves in. We need to make a decision. We have three months. Convince him one way or the other. I'm sorry. I wish it could be any other way. That's just where the situation we find ourselves in because society that's ambiguously lost its way exposition. Well, here's another question. Do you even have to read it? To decide one way or the other? Ooh. Probably not. No. That would be really interesting. I don't, I don't think that they you do. let him see like the outside of it, but he never opens it once. Other people explain it to him. Is this by his own choice? No. Like he doesn't open it up. No. Oh no, it's, it's like prevented. You, you will not look into this at all. Mm. So you have to decide the fate of something you know you have not experienced yourself but are getting information second third hand or maybe he's like maybe the la- the very last day of the experiment they're like we're going to put you in this room you have 4 hours you can read as much or as little as you want but everything else has been presented up till that point i kind of like that you get a very tiny little bit at the end hmm. cuz otherwise if you read something for yourself with no one no one pulling on that giant rope saying, think this or think that, or look at this, look at that, because you're an uninformed child, you're going to form your own opinions, because that's how opinions are formed, is by, you know, like, oh, this is what I took from it, versus this is what this man took from it, this is what this lady took from it, this is what this MIT student took from it, this is what this man who is now connected on Skype from a third world country far, far away thinks of, of this experience. He has to weigh all of these things. The guardians mediate these things. They control how much is is listened and how much is not to some degree, obviously, because you have different perspectives within the guardians themselves. And at the end of the day, the child is the final judge, while the jury is mostly made up of all these these people explaining their viewpoints. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, at the very last day, they say, okay, you know, you have to have your own personal experience with it here. And you've already have all these preconceived notions of what you think you'll find, what you think you won't find, what it might mean, what it might not mean. You know. And just to kind of take one last 
breath and look over it and think, okay, maybe I should do this kind of thing. We have, we have them like confined to a room and it's silent and there's, there's absolutely no detail. It's brightly lit. It's got, you know, those fancy white exteriors you find in a black mirror episode, you know, mm-hmm. and he, he doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, like you can hear lights flickering and, and the steps getting closer. And he's just like clenching his hands tighter on this book. Like, cause he has no idea what to do. That's the thing. He has no idea. It's all going to come down to a crapshoot. It sucks, but this is the situation we find ourselves in. The footsteps are getting louder. They're getting closer to the door. The lights are coming on further and further. All of a sudden, boom, big blinding white light, giant plastic hand of God comes. I'm just, okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> like wondering how far I could, I could string that. You were looking me dead in the face. Giant I was plastic. <laughs> Choose correctly, Billy. Get on with it. Get on. <laughs> but what if we make it far more complex than in the, the far more symbolic way that I had laid it out of all these other little minutia of quote unquote checks and balances? Although, yes, very much detached from official elected government heads. I mean, I'm sure you'd have a few in there, but I think most of them would be scholars or other. Sure other figureheads that are not dictated by politics. Hmm. So, barring the plastic hand of God idea, <laughs> how do you en- envision this... Ending? Ending. That's the thing. How? I don't, I don't know if you give that resolution... Spinning top, does it fall? Does it not? That's, Who knows? I, maybe. <laughs> I, f- I feel like you could give it the Inception ending, because kind of like Josh said, there's no real realistic answer to this. This could never really ever happen. The only reason this movie is happening is because we're exploring different viewpoints, different characters, and what this all means given the perspective of our main character. It's because we're incredibly vain and we chose to play God on this day. Basically. See, that reference would become obsolete. Play God? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, so... Well, there's plenty of other literary, literary things. Maybe they just burn all books. Maybe it is 451. <laughs> Deep in thought you are, Mr. Hiley. Deep in thought. Mm. What are you thinking? Enlighten me. Well, I was just trying to simplify it for my for my own sake. Sure, um, sure. And just think about the idea of someone having to ban a somebody having to make the decision to ban a book mm-hmm. based on its possible controversy. Correct. Just any book. Correct. Uh, just to kind of weed through all the all the small little details that can trip you up with a book as significant as the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you make the decision for any book? I, I don't know. I, it just feels like a solved issue. So I'm just, I'm struggling to put myself into the place of that person, but mm-hmm. I lost my train of thought. Um, I think the premise is hard when you look at it through the viewpoint of where we are right now as a society. I mean, mm-hmm. even the most volatile people who spew their opinions in public forums and social media are typically not blocked, you know, because mm. we don't want to censor any art kind of deal. There is still some censorship out there. There's still an MPAA. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's technically no infinite legal law. Like, the, the MPA rating system is not based behind any law. That's all given... Yeah, it's just people in a room. Exactly. Yeah. And mm. people that are completely unknown, for that matter. There's no official... You can't look up, like... Joe Bob Brig or whoever is on this committee who decides I think that should be PG because at the end of the day deciding a movie's rating is highly subjective highly controversial if you rate it this this kid can see it if you rate it this this kid cannot see it and that's what this Bible decision comes down to shady people in a room making this decision I realize it's a little Orwellian but that's kind of the theme we're going with it's an Orwellian society big brothers always watching you I mean maybe not quite that extreme obviously Good old George wrote a nice book. We don't need all of it here. Good pal George. Good pal George. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. <laughs> yep. First subscriber on our podcast list, George Orwell. He always tweets us. I know. That, he's <laughs> really, such a nice guy. Such a nice really guy. Really supportive tweets. Yeah. You know, if we had a Patreon, I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd contribute. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be first on the list. Um, but that's... That's the circumstance that the film finds itself in. Whether or not it totally makes sense, I don't know. Because a lot of these 
future society movies, you can take a big step back and say, we would never get to that. A lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we've already been there, I suppose, in a way. We've yeah. already been there, and people have proposed the possibility of being there again. Mm-hmm. It's more of a twisted looking glass of a giant what if, if you're struggling with this premise a little bit. Some things are probably bound to not make sense, admittedly, in a totally realistic viewpoint. It would never be voted by some kid. I guarantee that. But I thought it's more of an interesting story dynamic if it is a child. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, Spinning top ending and call it good? (laughs) We're like, they get closer. Spin the Bible on the table on its corner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're getting closer. Or he's he's sweating and, oh. Other view. Kid escapes facility, runs off, becomes fugitive, makes no decision. And we leave it at that. I like that. Maybe audiences won't. But I, I like that I don't idea. care what they think, Robbie. I'm going to take a pass on this one. And then he runs off. <laughs> <laughs> they all just watch him just like awkwardly run further and further away. And you see, kids, that's how he became the first pastor. <laughs> <laughs> From no, now on, today will be the Passover. <laughs> Hold on now. I think there that would be kind of a cool thing where he's running away or like he runs away and people are like, well, it's a, you know, it's a military bunker. How do you do that? And it's like, well, maybe this is like at the end of the movie, they reveal that he's been chipping away the at this whole chunk, time. This he's been trying to escape terrarium. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. never had any interest in partaking in any bit of this. Yeah. And I kind love of been, that. Yeah. And that's what society is oppressing onto this kid in a sense. Good intentioned, of course, but he wants nothing to do with it. I think that's really interesting. A judge that wants nothing to do with what he's judging. I'm sure that happens a lot, but at the end of the day, the judge doesn't run out of the room. It's mm-hmm. an interesting Well, one. that we know of. That we know of. <laughs> I'll be right back. So we're comfortable with that ending. Mm-hmm. We're comfortable with the details. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very character, dynamic, build movie of... It's, it's going to be a lot of questions. A lot of people asking and trying to answer questions given their viewpoints. Guardian A is going to be a little bit more religious. Guardian B is probably going to be a little bit less religious. I don't think we paint them as, he is a Catholic and he is an atheist, but I think we paint them more as people with opinions, kind of like what Josh said. Not necessarily all the way on the far, far, far left, not necessarily all the way on the far, far, far right. Mm. You know? And I think... But why aren't those people available? Because those people are the reason... For this decision. I think those people are within this large group of people trying to convince that kid. I think eventually a few of the people that step forward to give their five minutes are the extremists. I think you do get the far left. You do get the far right. Wouldn't that be like the first thing for him to look at? It might be. It might be. Maybe those are the first two people that get to present and they don't get five minutes. They get like two days each. You know, we show it in montage, obviously. No one wants to... We don't have two days worth of film. But, uh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and that's the thing of it, is you can play with those ideas and different viewpoints mm-hmm. and perspectives. And I think, in a weird way, like we said with not reading the Bible, I think other people's perspectives of the Bible might paint a better picture of what the Bible is than the Bible itself. Because wow. it's all about how we view it. Nate, that's deep. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you get when you go to church every week. Right? Bada bing. There we go. And we package it, and we make some McDonald's videos with it, and we get the toys, and we, we get, get the Happy Meals. We get the kids in the seats, dang it. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's the premise of this thing then. And I don't know if you guys want to elaborate on anything else, otherwise... I think we might cast. I think we can cast her. I just, I just cast a fishing rod. Oh, there it for is. For you listeners. <laughs> uh, oh, you almost got it. one. Got to be quicker than that. It's Bobbin. Take a bite, folks. I better grab the net. Josh's idea is huge. Cue the music. (laughs) And we're back. And we've got uh, a real interesting way of casting this way. At least I think so. Um... This time, we're just going to be casting the two guardians that we've been talking about this whole dang time. 
Um, and each of us will be casting them differently with different people. That's At great. least I sure hope so. I really do too, actually. <laughs> um, Josh, how about you start us off? I can start us off. So for the two Guardians, uh, I took I took a specific approach. I picked two people who looked pretty similar. Uh, I'll just name them now. John Krasinski and David Harbour. Ooh. Okay. Both played gyms. That's insignificant. Uh, uh, I beg to differ. <laughs> David Harbour of Stranger Things played Jim Hopper, for those who don't know. Right, 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 right. Uh, John Krasinski played Jim Helpert in The Office, for those who don't know. Oh, same initials, too. Actually. Yeah. Weird. Uh, anyway, just, I mean, both tall white guys, slightly different build, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, they could both have similar facial hair, similar hairstyles, kind of. The The reason I did that is because I thought it might be interesting to have two people with two pretty different viewpoints, should yeah. they intervene. Um, while, but but their their looks do not betray that. There's just, even even among two people who might even, maybe they're from the same town, maybe they're from different towns, or may, you know, maybe, maybe they're from similar backgrounds, even they can have very different interpretations and different opinions on the matter sure despite really not being so different so it's really just kind of those two are just scratching the surface it's just kind of a a small symbol of that so that's why i picked those two okay nice uh, i would like to go next if that's all right it is all right okay. please go cool um so for my two folks um they do not look alike at all but i hope you'll understand what i'm going for here i chose uh kai mclaughlin and Denzel Washington. Uh, who's Kyle McLaughlin again? Um, he's the agent Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. The mayor of Portland. Oh! Portlandia. And also he, that, yeah. I think he's in uh, How I Met Your Mother as the captain. Correct. I haven't watched that, or but the that sounds right to me. Or whichever. Or whatever he is. Yeah, whatever his, whatever his, is. his rank. Yeah. Yep. So that guy and Denzel. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, and I think they can both... They're not like, you know, uh, young... Uh, corporals in like an army or something, right? They're both oldish. And um, I think they can both play like kind of experienced officer types and like maybe like more on the fatherly side of things. Like I kind of want to get that vibe from both of them. Gotcha. Um, And like maybe um, like one of them, maybe perhaps Denzel is kind of like a bit more of a hard ass about things. And, uh, and Kyle McLaughlin takes a bit more of like a, good cop type of way of approaching things sure at least in a little bit of a sense but then like sure i think at one point in the movie it you know you say one of them gets like real tense and like takes it a little too far and i think that's kyle i think that he's the one who does that gotcha um and i'm not sure how denzel might offset that with another thing so that you know it's not like and eh, it's not like it matters too much in the end anyways because a kid takes off but um yeah i think that they could provide a pretty good dynamic and it's like you know, you you get the same kind of like these guys are just kind of looking out for him kind yeah, of thing yeah, from yeah. them, but they're from different angles and different perspectives. Hmm. So yeah, that's uh, that's my spiel. That's great, uh, Nate, Mister Autour. Oh, how about you, Autour? Uh, yeah. Finish uh, us uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything too inspiring for you, but I have my first pick. I just wanted somebody who could control a courtroom like setting, so I, I chose Ian McKellen. Sure. Okay. I thought that's a man who people are going to shut up and listen to. Um, and then I thought it'd be really interesting if, in a weird way, um, the Guardians are both these very aged people. So my second pick was Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. I thought okay. it'd be kind of an interesting perspective of the elders, in a weird sense, leading the next generation of this this younger child. So we both picked an old black guy and an old white guy. That's right. That's why I was like, dang it. <laughs> I got their second... Winning. That's why I picked me first, because I knew what you were going to pick. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, I switched my pick off off mic because Josh was like, oh, I also was thinking that. I was like, dang it. Well, <laughs> who were you going to pick? I was going to pick, uh, let me not butcher the name here. It would be... Patrick Stewart. No. It was going to be... One will be Magneto, and one will be Professor <sighs> What's X. What's the other guy's name? Okay. Javier Bardem and Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan. Okay. Yeah, pretty similar. Because mm-hmm. they look super similar to each other. And sure. I thought that'd be interesting of similar people, different viewpoints in a, in a different contrast. Righteous. And yeah, they're both probably very loud and 
staunchy people in those types of situations, mm. and they do fine. Staunchy. I mean, you're not going to have Gandalf up there, but be all right. So, yeah. There you go. All right. That sounds like we've done a good job. Well, that's what that sounds like. Yep. I've, I heard it, Josh. It's a familiar sound. How does it feel? feels great. Terrific. You know, not as good as I thought it would be, but still good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, be sure to uh, check us out uh, at Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram at Cinemarks. Not Karl Marx. That's Cinemarks. Dot RCHS. <laughs> um, you can find uh, all of our music uh, by Nike Schneid at SoundCloud.com slash Nike Schneid. Um, that's all I have to say concerning our cool and very good stuff. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Um, You've been forgetting. We don't appreciate it. This is your like 20th reminder. I mean, pretty normally a landlord would <laughs> 20, evict 28th you. 28th reminder. Oh, that's right. Thank you. 29th. Oh, right? was I right? Did I get it right? You said tw- I thought you said 20th. Dang it. Yeah, I think I did. Anyways. I, I didn't get it right. We know you're slacking, but it's okay. We forgive you. We this, know you'll do it. This yeah, time. Get off Slack and get on iTunes. Review us. Yes. Come to the light and review us. And be, be baptized again in, in a wonderful glowing review that you could be giving us. That's all, all the religious symbolism. I, I dare venture into that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, for Cinema Architects, I've been Robbie. Mm-hmm. I've been Josh. Uh, and Austin will be back next week. And that, that's Nate saying that. That was me, Nate, <laughs> saying that. See you next time. You know, I had a thought just for editing, and it might help if we just as we as we kind of end the episode, we start we start to talk quieter a little bit. It might just kind of cut down on the editing process. We just get really quiet, and then we don't have to ever fade. <laughs> it's not. I think that could be quite as consistent. <laughs> I think we should do that from the beginning. So, like, we get about five minutes into the idea, and then you just have to pay real close attention yeah, for the rest of the whole. Episode. Okay, we just fade out way too quickly. Should we do an ASMR episode? Absolutely Ooh. not. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I, I feel weird and creepy. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird about that. Enjoy your feelings. Oh, Lord. It could be about three elves. Snap, crackle, and pop. At Jeff Sessions. I'm staring at my Rice Krispies cereal box. I haven't eaten supper yet, and I really want to eat all of those. Do you want a Rice Krispie treat? Can I have one? Yeah, you can. Well, I take a little. You I'll also want to let Josh have an end of the grind. I mean, it's the least I can do. You can both have a full Rice Krispie trade if you want. Well, maybe I'll just take a portion of of, of one because Nate's going to give me some ideas. There are smaller ones in there as well. That's, oh, that's okay, Robbie. Let me, let me be generous this time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs>